0: You're listening to Reimagined Radio. Real talk, real life, real magic.
1: Welcome to Love, Life and Law of Attraction, the show that is all about helping you find the love you want in your life and loving the life you have right now. World class experts, thought-provoking topics, and conversations and tools that are going to help you live the life you really want starting today. So pour yourself a cup of tea, have a tea, and get ready to join Love, Life and Law of Attraction. Hello there, this is Lisa with Love, Life, and Law of Attraction, and I am so excited to be talking to you today about this subject, because it is a subject that is near and dear to my heart, which is how to avoid getting lost along your spiritual path. I think most of us come to a spiritual path because we think we're going to find ourselves there, and that's true, like that is a distinct possibility, that is the goal But if you're not careful, it doesn't happen that way. I I recently wandered into my space where my altar is, where I do my meditation and my deliberate creation work. And I sat down and I realized I'm not drawn to that space. Like I, I was forcing myself there daily rather than doing it out of a sense of devotion or joy. And I'd like to say it was out of habit, but I don't even think that's true. Like, Habit would be easier, my daily time in that sacred space is beginning to feel more like obligation than sanctuary, and I've been craving sacred lately, like wanting to carve it out wherever I could. I think a lot of us are feeling that way right now, like the political climate is making it <laughs> making the sacred feel so much more important, like a respite from some of the things that are going on in our world and so you would think I would be more drawn into that sacred space, but I'm, I haven't been. And the question is, why? Why aren't I feeling connection to the space? Why aren't I feeling any connection to my practices that center and ground me? Why does it almost feel like punishing instead of replenishing? And so I walked away feeling really unsatisfied in every way. And I didn't even sit down. I didn't even try. But as I walked away, I saw it with really fresh eyes. And the truth about the space and the practices and all of it was really crystal clear. My altar space and my practices have been a patchwork of dozens of courses I've taken and a reflection of a library's worth of books that I've read. And it has trinkets and tokens from practices that I want to love that feel like hard work. It is a shrine to the wisdom of others. Beautiful to look at, but when I see it with my heart, I see everything and everyone there but myself. And I know I'm not alone. I've heard this from other people. I mean, I think it gets really easy in the spiritual personal development world to like constantly be looking for that other course, that next process, that next teacher, the next guru. And they've all got something to say and there's something to add and so much genius wisdom out there. But here's the thing. There's no cure for what's ailing me out there. There's no, there's no foundation for my peace out there. I can search for it out there anyway. I mean, I have it in me to think that there might be someone else that has a secret that I don't know when it comes to my own sacred journey. And I've outsourced the direction of most of my sacred spaces inside and outside to people who don't even know me. An altar that's a shrine, a sacred practice that's a shrine to the genius of someone else with wisdom and practices that are not mine is never going to feel connected. It it becomes a symbol of disconnection rather than connection. It's a deeper, it's in a desire to go deeper or look for that quick magical fix. It's easy to outsource that part of myself, the sacred part of myself. It's easy for me to lose myself. Now, I'm in a spiritually-based personal development business. I'm a law of attraction coach. And I think a lot of people could transform their lives by taking a deeper dive into learning about spirituality, reading the books, buying the stuff, spending the time in the sphere of a teacher, being with a guru. Those things can be life-transforming. However, the key is to find yourself in the teachings rather than trying to recreate yourself to be a knockoff of a master. When it comes to the depths of your soul, no one can be your guru but you. You are your own best guru. No one else can feel the stir of your heart. You aren't going to find your fire in the pages of a book. It's your life's work to examine the DNA of your soul and then figure out how to soothe it and grow it on your unique journey to your specific brand of enlightenment. So here are six tips that I'm actually incorporating in my life right now for finding myself along my spiritual path that might actually help you find yourself along your spiritual path too. Number one, look to your ancestors. Spiritual roots live in your DNA. I believe that in a very literal way. My ancestors live in me in ways that I will never fully comprehend. Their spiritual longings are alive in me always. Ancestral cultures lived their spiritual practices as a method of survival. Wherever your people are from, chances are very high that they were a living embodiment of people and their spiritual practices in a way that most modern cultures are very disconnected from. So explore your ancestry for for clues to your sacred path that will inevitably feel familiar on some level. Maybe you'll have to modernize the practice. I mean, I think that that's probably likely, actually. But undoubtedly, you will find something in your family history that will resonate. Number two, look to the traditions of Native cultures in the place you live. We live where we live for a reason. I think it's rarely accidental or incidental, as we might like to think it is. Land draws us back to echoes of lives we've lived before. Native cultures and all of their diversity can tell you a story of who you were before you were you. I mean, co-opting and appropriation are a real thing. Being a tourist in a spiritual tradition that isn't yours by blood might be disrespectful if you can't honor what you don't understand. However, you might find an essence of something that feels truly sacred to you in a native culture of the place you live that really surprises you. You are where you are, where you're for a reason. Be curious and be willing to explore. Number three, notice the traditions and places and cultures of... uh, Sorry, I'm going to repeat that one. Notice the traditions of places and cultures you are drawn to. Like, I am so in love with Hawaii, and I feel the pull to the islands that almost defies logic. When we're getting on a plane to leave Hawaii, when we've been there on a visit... Sometimes I can hold back the tears and sometimes I can't. I feel such a deep sense of connection there. And yeah, I love myself in palm trees and some tranquil blue waters. However, if I'm deeply honest with myself, I have a profound love for the culture and the traditions of Pacific Islanders. And if you were to look at me in real life, I don't look like one, but the pole, that fire is still in me. Teachings of, you Kuna know, philosophy make more sense to me than almost any other, and that's born in sort of a Hawaiian tradition. A strong pull to the place that is not your home or your ancestral home might provide some clues to a spiritual path that has roots for you, even when it doesn't make sense at first glance. So pay attention to those clues. Number four, look at your home and your spaces for signposts of the sacred. If you walked into my home, you'd inevitably guess that I'm Buddhist. There are Buddhas big and small everywhere. And while it's not exactly true, my connections to Buddhist traditions run deep in my spiritual practice. But if you were to get past the first checking out of my home, you would see other layers of my soul. There are bottles of concoctions and hidden boxes of incense everywhere. And I'm always dragging the natural world outside from, in, out from outside into my home. The ocean is a constant presence in my sacred spaces your home will hold clues for you if you look at it with fresh eyes like you were a visitor. We tend to surround ourselves with icons of essential nature. So your home is going to give you a lot of clues about what really stirs your soul. Again, it's the fresh eyes. Look at it as if you've never seen it before. And you'll see things about yourself there that might surprise you. Number five, take an inventory of the books you've actually read and put to use versus the books you bought and didn't touch or didn't finish. A lot of us have what I would call spiritually shy, spiritual shiny object syndrome. We tend to jump from one new shiny thing to another new shiny thing because the proverbial spiritual grass is always greener in another book. However, you're going to stick with things that actually sing to your soul. You will make time to master the stuff that's in your heart or in your blood. So pay attention to the kinds of spiritual practices that have lasted longer than it took for the new car smell to wear off of them. It'll give you some clarity. It's not what's in your library. It's what you've picked up and read more than once. Instinct is more powerful than any distraction when it comes to spiritual practice. So instinctively, we're drawn to the things that work for us. Go back and look at all of the things you've bought and really take a closer look at the things that you joyfully and easily incorporated in your day-to-day spiritual practices. And number six, make it yours. I mean, most spiritual practices and traditions are packed with rules and processes and protocols and dogma. And most of those traditions were set in stone hundreds if not thousands of years ago. They may or may not be practical. A lot of that stuff is not practical, at least for me, not in its entirety, but that doesn't mean I need to scrap at all. I can cherry pick the parts of the things that have practical meaning for me today in a modern application. There are probably five spiritual paths that have a lot of juice for me. Parts and pieces of them are sewn together in meaningful ways of what I would call the foundation of my law of attraction practice. It doesn't have to be all or nothing buy-in on any one path because the only one path that really matters is the path that's working for you, the path that's sustainable because you enjoy it, Finding yourself may mean finding parts of yourself in lots of different places. And that's okay as long as you're practicing what you find. And I just want to close here by repeating myself that you are your own your own guru. You know best about spirituality when it comes to you. And there really aren't any magical fixes out there. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things to learn about. There's a lot of possibilities. There's a lot of places that we can gain wisdom that might really matter that might be important, but at the end of the day, the practice that's going to work for you is the practice that you truly and deeply love that draws you to that sacred space, to that altar, to those practices, to to the time and the devotion that you give to it. If it feels like work, it's not yours. If it feels like you're straining to get there every day, it's not yours. You'll know you've found yourself on your sacred path when you can't wait to connect with the spirituality that you've created so give it some thought put something together i would love to hear from you about this if you'd like to reach out to me you can find me at lisa m hayes that's lisa marie lisa m hayes.com i'm here to support you with this or anything else big love to you finding great love can seem like something that happens for other people If you're looking for love in all the wrong places, dating different people, but ending up in the same single place over and over again, there's a better way. Why not stop looking for love and start creating the love you want? The 60-Day Right Relationship Incubator will lock in your alignment to attract the love of your life. In just a few minutes a day over 60 days, you will create the love you've been looking for. Get the 60-Day Right Relationship Incubator at www.rightrelationshipincubator.online. oh.
0: Uh. Uh.
1: Thank you for joining us on Love, Life, and Law of Attraction. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll see you back here next week. For more information, you can find me at lisamhage.com.